You're listening to the Beauty by Studio M podcast, where we discuss beauty, skincare, and spa culture through the perspective of a Black esthetician. This is your host, Mariah. Let's get into it. Hello, loves. Welcome back, and thank you so much for coming back. I know I gave myself this bomb microdermabrasion facial with the Collagen Boost masks today. So I'm really feeling myself and really feel qualified to speak to the beauty baddies today, okay? (laughs) I hope you guys had a wonderful weekend. I definitely did. Um, I actually did some shopping. I went to Jo Malone and got myself a new hair mist, some new shower oil, and a body butter, which is actually kind of like a body lotion, I guess you could say, Um, but in a jar. But, you know, it smells really good. So, you know, I had to really update my smells Um, for this upcoming season. So I'm really excited about that. If you are like a fragrance girly, you would really like the Jo Malone shopping experience. They are very custom to you, and I'm all about that. And it's also just a really good place for curated gifts. They give you like a beautiful box, a beautiful bow. Um, It's one of the like easiest places to get a gift for someone, whether it be like a home um housewarming party or just like a birthday party like they just do their thing with their beautiful boxing and beautiful bows just great branded items so yeah but without further ado let's hop into the beauty of the week The Beauty of the Week is a segment of the show where we highlight not only the person who had their foot on our necks with their look, but also the team that got them there. Because we all know we're only as good as the weakest player on our glam squad. Tell me I'm lying. This week for the Beauty of the Week, we have one of the original Hollywood 8 girls, Miss Gabrielle Union, or Gabrielle Union Wade. As she is, as she goes by now. Um, but yes, yeah, she is our beauty of the week this week. She was stunning at the GLAAD Awards this week. She just looked like a dream in a colorful dress. Like, one thing about Gabrielle Union is she's going to give the look, baby. One thing about her, when it comes to the red carpet, she's going to give the girls what they want. And she did not disappoint this week either. She wore this beautiful beaded gown. Oh, I just can't wait to show you guys, tell you guys who it's by. It's one of my favorite designers. Um, I mean, let's be honest. A lot of the designers are one of my favorites. But this one hits a really close to home for me. And I'll tell you guys why. But let's go out with, let's go through the list. So, of course, the event was the GLAAD Awards. Um, it, the GLAAD is spelled G-L-A-A-D. So, maybe um, it does stand for something. Exactly what? I'm not sure. And I'm not sure if they call it the GLAAD Awards. But GLAAD is what we're going to call it today. Um, the esthetician. So, she does have an esthetician. Looks like Joanna Check does her facials and skincare products. Um, I love Joanna Check actually. I follow her. I've been following her for years since I started my esthetician journey. She is a celebrity esthetician and the girl does the thing. She actually was working in Paris um, at one point in time as their resident esthetician at the, oh, what is that one called? I think it's called the Cheval Blanc Spa. It's the Dior Spa. And I think Cheval Blanc is the name of the hotel, but She's one of the eight girl in in the esthetician realm. And she actually has a setup in Dallas now and, of course, in New York City. And so, um, again, one of my favorites. She does no wrong in my book. When it comes to skincare, she just has that very old school 
um, technique and just knows what she's doing when it comes to making people's skin beautiful. And I appreciate that. I am, you guys will realize, I'm a very old school esthetician. Obviously, I just started, but all of my technique and training have come from old school um, estheticians who've been doing this since the 70s and 80s and just when as whenever skincare just became a really big thing they were there and so I don't like all those machines and loud noises and like I'm an old school get your um extraction tool and extract and do my extractions within the facial like that's just how I get down so it is nice to see one of the original pioneers um still out here doing her thing so yeah um so actually the dress that Gabrielle Union wore did not have hair so she had her hair pulled back into the dress and there was like a beautiful fitted um head wrapping over her hair and it connected to the dress and match seamlessly. So you guys have to check it out on the Instagram page at Studio M World. You'll be able to see her actual look and you can kind of see what I'm talking about. On the makeup again for the second week in a row, we have Miss Joanna Simpkin. Um, again, this is she does her thing. She does all of the Hollywood beauties and it did not stop here she has quite a few looks with gabrielle union so the fact that she did it this week again congrats to her i know that bag is looking right okay um she was styled by mr thomas christos now thomas um i did not know about him so i was really happy to see a new stylist um he's not new though he's just new to me um, so I was really happy to come across his work because he is, again, a gem to the industry. He does very good styling, and I love that for him. Um, the designer. Now, the designer is Moschino. I have a really like deep infatuation with Moschino. I always have. Um, they have been out for a while, like at least since like the late 80s, early 90s, or even before then. I remember... Biggie used to mention them in his songs quite often. And so that is like one of the things that I just remember about Moschino. And that's kind of how I came into contact with them. But what makes me love Moschino most, I am a girly girl, okay? What makes me love the most is the fact that they have a Barbie line. It's kind of like a part of their brand at this point. It's not even so much a line anymore. But they did Barbie so right. So many brands try to connect with one of the girly girl brands like Barbie. Um, and they just do an okay job. Moschino kills it every time. Any cartoon character they've done. Recently they did Alice in Wonderland with a very famous designer. I don't remember what his name was, um, but I'll put it in the show notes since I mentioned it. But he did an Alice in Wonderland collection. And just the collection that he did stunning he incorporated the moschino teddy bear which is a really big staple um in their brand as well that teddy bear has been on just about everything i have like perfume bottles engraved with the teddy bear um a lot of my moschino perfume bottles have the teddy bear on it but again they just know how to do urban wear they know how to do collaborations like no other when it comes to it there there's no one they're top two and they're not two and that's one thing that I love about them. Gabrielle actually wore a dress from them. They do very good formal as well. I will be honest and say I don't see them very much on red carpet and formal. But it doesn't surprise me that Gabrielle Union wore them for red carpet. Because 
although she is like an it girl to us, when it comes to these mixed events, a lot of times I don't see that she's dressed by any of the high-end um, labels, like Versace, Gucci, you know, the one that everyone's like sought after. She usually does a A-list designer, but not the designer, just another one that if we hear their name, we know it's we're familiar with. But it's not like the, she is their dream girl and decide they, to give her a dream dress. It's been a while since I've seen seen her in any um, as of late. But the fact that she wore Moschino, honey, did her thing. Looked amazing. It was a beaded gown that was very colorful. And it was very patterned. It looked like they had to have spent hours on hours on hours beating that whole dress. And it was just one vision of just pure elegance. Gabrielle has the body for it. I think any other one, anyone else's body would not have done that dress justice. The dress was there. Gabrielle's beauty in her face was just there. And of course, those beautiful, long, chiseled arms were just the star of the show. All that beautiful brown skin. Loved it. Um, again, I am just a lover of both fashion and beauty. So I can go on and on. But Ultimately, I would like to say congratulations to her and her team for pulling off such a fabulous look. And you all are the true MVPs, okay? Trendy or true? This segment is where we discuss the latest do's, don'ts, and what the hell were they thinking in the beauty industry? This segment is meant to be a positive look into ways we can all understand treatments and protocols of the spa industry. One thing I love to watch on YouTube are people's nighttime routines. I like a full bedtime routine, but today we're just going to focus on the nighttime skincare portion. I myself have a pretty elaborate skincare nighttime routine, but it doesn't seem so elaborate to me being one, this is my career, and two, I've had a skincare routine since I was about 15, 16 years old. I actually started with Mary Kay, shout out to them with Velocity, so yeah. But now I have seen some very elaborate routines that make my routine look like a breeze, and a lot of my clients always ask, like, is all that necessary? Well, let's talk about it. There are two types of routines. There's like an AM routine, PM routine, of course. And then if you're like really one of those kept women who have leisure time in the middle of the day, well, you could do like an afternoon routine. When I was doing afternoon workouts, I would sometimes do like a mini skincare routine in the middle of the day before heading back to the studio. Unfortunately, with this inflation, that is just not the case anymore. <laughs> I am working full days and a half, really, a full day and a half just to keep up, baby. So it's not that I don't get to really do that in the daytime anymore, but I did enjoy it when I could. So um, the morning routine, let's, talk, let's start with that. It should consist of the following, assuming you've already done your nighttime routine the night before. And so you really want to start with a cleanser, a good cleanser that's going to um, both strip your skin of the oils, but not all of them, and give you a nice clear base to go on with the rest of your products. Um, after that, you can go in with an exfoliator. I personally use a cleansing pad um, that I actually have with Studio M, so the brand that I use. 
Um, but you can use whatever exfoliation pads that you have or an exfoliating cleanser, which is what I used to use back in the day, and then a toner. Optional in the morning, you have to be really careful with the serums because some of those serums are really not for daytime being outside in. Um, again, I'm old school. Um, they have nowadays daytime serums and they'll say them on there. Um, but a lot of times they're really just for nighttime use uh, just because it doesn't mix well with the sun. Um, it's better to just have it inside of your house. Um, but you typically only need about two. One serum to address the corrective issue. So say for instance, you have um, dark spots that you want to work on. You'll put the serum just on the dark spots. And then the second serum, as long as they don't overlap, you can put them on your skin as well. So say for instance, you want to um, combat a hydration issue, you'd go ahead and put your hyaluronic acid everywhere else in your face. And those are just those two. There's lots of serums, but again, it doesn't matter what day, day or night, you don't overlap serums. And that's one of the things that I see people do all the time. And it's just unnecessary um, and counterproductive as well. We've learned that in school. You just, whenever you're using serums, if you want to use more than one, you don't overlap them. Give them a chance. Give them a fighting chance to work for your skin. Um, and of course, just be mindful of the nighttime serums and daytime serums because they are going to, um, if you're going to stay in the house all day, then fine. But if you're going to go outside, they don't both react the same way with outside uh, elements. Um, after that, you're going to go in with your moisturizer, SPF, and then of course, whatever makeup you're wearing for that day. Now, for the afternoon routine, I typically would do this like after work or I mean after working out um, or just being out. I would, uh, after being out for a while, it's very humid in Texas. So um, once my face gets to sweating, um, I just know that it's time to go ahead and <laughs> switch it out. And so, um, I would do a cleanser with steam. Um, you can never go wrong with a steam cleanse. That is actually how we do a deep cleanse in the spa industry. Whenever your uh, esthetician does a cuts the steamer on and still does your cleansing motions, that is just to help better break up your uh, dead skin. Um, it is kind of hard with those at-home steamers, um, so I actually have a professional-grade steamer for both my house and the studio um, because I like to do that to my skin sometimes. Um, I would even say, though, even with me having my own steamer and cleanser, I just can't get the facial movements as good as my esthetician can, so I really like to just go to her and do it because um, I know I'm going to get both a nice lymphatic massage while she's doing my cleansing but um that steam cleanse if you haven't gotten to it get into it it'll change your life um of course toner moisturizer and i do like a nice little lip oil with spf before i head back to the studio so whenever i'm at the studio i do put on makeup but sometimes i like to do a fresh face because i have to stunt a little bit like honey my skin is clear your esthetician has good skin and looks good with her skin so sometimes I have to bare face for these girls just to let them know who the original professional is. <laughs> and it's also good so they can ask, like, what are you wearing? Well, your skin looks so good. What is it that you wear? You know, I don't like to be one of the estheticians who's just like, um, all of my skincare could be purchased, you know, at Sephora. Like, I mix mine and most of them now that I use now, though, is just Studio M Cosmetics. But before... 
my place was really Saks. I had a very high-end skincare routine and it was very pricey, but it worked and that's what's most important. And it give me it gives me the look that I'm going for as a professional in this industry. And it also gives my clients something to aspire to as well. So that is one of the things that um, I was really confident in. And that that middle um, skincare routine, that, that afternoon one, would really give me that extra boost to, you know, be able to stunt a little bit. But so let's go ahead and get down to the nighttime routine. That is my favorite, favorite, favorite routine because you're not in a rush. Morning time, I kind of have to just push it because if you pick sleep and you're up a little bit late, you kind of just got to go in and just do what you can do. But the nighttime routine, I'm able to take my time. I usually put on my podcast, pour me up a little bit of wine or any kind of champagne that I have. And I just go to work, especially if it's like a mask day, which I'm going to give you guys my mask day routine um, for the podcast. But I don't mask every day and I don't use the same mask each time. So if if it is a mask day, I know I have a little bit more time because it has to sit for a bit. So I like to enjoy it and, you know, either talk on the phone or listen to a podcast or stuff like that. So for my nighttime routine, I like to use a cleansing oil. There's a new thing that people are using called cleansing creams. And from what I understand, they take off your makeup just as good as the oils do. Me personally, I started using a cleansing oil because I love the way it would leave my skin um, really like uh, moisturized and dewy. Oil doesn't really moisturize your skin though, but the particular nighttime um, oil that I was using would still leave my skin plump that plumpness that we're looking for that um you just looks like you just drink your water like you're supposed to um that's what the oil cleanser would leave behind even after washing it off so that first cleanser um i always use like an oil base we don't use makeup wipes if you're still using makeup wipes in 2023 thank the lord that you find found my podcast like go ahead right now and thank whoever it is that you pray to that you found my podcast because I'm going to enlighten you as to why you can just go ahead and throw those makeup wipes away. Those things, all they do is just smear all your makeup all over your face. You can literally take a makeup wipe. I don't care your best makeup wipe. I will go toe-to-toe with you with your makeup wipe and my cleansing oil. Um, I'm going to go ahead and give you guys a cleansing oil that I use because it's not one that I, I don't sell a cleansing oil. It is the Dermalogica Pre-Cleanse is what it's called. And it is top two and it's not two. One thing I hate about these brands though, not not Dermalogica only, but I have a more potent formula for the cleanser, that, that oil cleanser, the pre-cleanse cleanser um, in my back bar. I have ordered Dermalogica before for back bar and they have that same pre-cleanse Pre oil pre cleanse that I used in school, they have that same exact one. It's more aromatic. It's thicker, like not too much thicker, but it, you could just tell it's a better quality. It's not watered down. And the way that I do it in my studio, people love that cleanser because it smells. It just gives you the aromatherapy that goes along with having a cleanser. 
when people smell it and feel it, they're like, what is that? And I will tell them what it is because you can buy that over the counter. A lot of my stuff you can't, but that particular item you can. And I always tell them about it. Um, and they go and try it out and they'll be like, it just doesn't still, it doesn't smell the same. Like I still get it, but yours seems more potent. And I'm like, yeah, I've noticed that too. I know, thank you for letting me know that I wasn't crazy. I figured maybe they just had an old batch that I had grabbed, um, once before, um, because I got some from my mom the other day too. She loves that cleanser as well. So again, it is a little bit different, um, I hate that they do that. And it's not just them. I've had other brands do it as well. Um, they would have a beautiful back bar product. And it's so well, it works so well for my client's skin that I go to the front to sell it to them. Um, not at my, not my establishment at uh, when I used to work for Massage Envy. And that particular brand and that particular product just was not the same. It was not of the same quality. Um, I bought it for myself once and I was just like, what in the world? Like, are you, is this a thing? And are we being bamboozled? Like, I'm not a hundred percent mad at it cause it'll keep clients coming back to me, but it's going to be really hard to retail if you keep doing this kind of things to people personally. So those are, that's something to look into. So for nighttime though, I don't steam cleanse with the oil. I actually just steam cleanse with my regular cleanser at nighttime. I typically just do, um, uh, whichever cleanser that I'm using at the time, probably the hydrating peptide cleansers might go to these days. Um, of course, it is by Studio M Cosmetics. That's going to be a running trend <laughs> tonight um, for my masks. Now, I have been taught you can't go wrong with a mask. There are some masks that are created, um, that they're not all created equally. There are some that are better than others, but ultimately you can't go wrong with a mask, any mask that you choose, even the cheapy um, Korean skincare mask. Those are just as good. They do just as much as any mask. Like whatever mask you decide to run into, you just really can't go. You can't do too wrong with it. Um, of course, I do like a high-end mask though. My favorite is Dr. Jart. Um, I've been using them for probably like the past, I don't know, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 years. A very long time. Very, very long time. And I love the rubber mask is my favorite. They do have like your regular standard um, like paper type mask. And they're fine too. But my favorite is the rubber mask. It is a little bit pricier. But you can actually get them on sale just about anywhere. Uh, those typically run you anywhere between like 10 to $13 for a mask. Probably even more with inflation right now. But those get the job done. They're really cute and it just feels really good on your skin. And the products are really good. Whatever serums and creams that they're using in them, they have lots of different kinds. They definitely do the thing, just like Angela Bassett. So, <laughs> um, of course, then I, after that, I go in with my serums. Um, typically, I do two, um, a corrective and then a hydrating um, hydration at night is the best time to get it, especially if you've done your the water, you've uh, consumed the amount of water that you've needed. It's a really good time to do a hydration mask at night. You don't have the sun hating, drying you out. You can just be in your house, you know, just having a really, really good um, moisturizing session. Now, I will say another great place to do a cleansing mask if you're wanting to incorporate steam I'm not, sorry, not a cleansing mask, just any mask in general is the, um, what is it called? 
is it a steam room? My gym has it. I don't know what the professional name is. I think it's called the steam room. I know it's not the sauna. Um, there's a professional name for it, but that's what other place. Like if I do a workout after work, which is typically how I have to work out now, I'll bring a mask for me to lay down in the steam room and uh, just kind of have my skin nice and moisturized as well as have the mask on. Typically, the time that you know it's time to get out the steam is when you start sweating internally. So like when your internal sweat starts to exude, that's when it's time to get out the steam. Me personally, it doesn't take me very long. Um, Equinox steam, steamer, steam room is just, is thick with steam, like so thick. So thick it's hard to breathe, and they also do like a really big essential oil mixture in there. So by the time I get out, I'm like cleared out, sinuses cleared, eyes watering, and sweating. So that's when you know it's time to get out, though, um, because at that point, the steam can no longer do anything for you. You've reached your amount of time for that. You've gotten that internal sweat to now moisten your skin. So then it's time to get out. And so that's when you can use your mask, typically... It could take anywhere between, for me personally, seven to 10 minutes, probably because I just got out of working out. So I'm already like hot and bothered. And then I'm laying in there still with all that heat, seven to 10 minutes, which just which is about the same amount of time that your face mask should be on. Um. Oh, also eye cream. I do do an eye cream. Um, if you're wondering if it's time for you to do an eye cream, if you were alive when... If you were alive when Rugrats came out, it's time for you to do an eye cream. You've it's been time for you to be a, to do an eye cream. <laughs> I would say around twenty five is a good age to start with eye creams. Now, I would even say no earlier than twenty two. It's unnecessary before then. Um, it was funny because I remember my esthetician instructor used to say. Whenever they used to tell me I should get an eye cream, I thought they were just trying to get money out of me because, like, what do you need an eye cream for? You already have moisturizer under your eyes when you put it on your face. Like, what do you need an eye cream for? And I'm going to tell you guys why you need an eye cream. Whenever that under eye starts to sag, it's not cute. Also, those of us who have under eye bags, that's also not the cutest thing to be rocking, right? We want to wear our bags on our on our wrist and on our shoulder and on our elbow, not underneath our eyes. And so moisturizer is not cut to be able to seep into under your eye. But eye cream is eye gel as well. The companies will use their lasers to cut these particles down, 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 down. So small that they're able to actually penetrate your the skin underneath your eyes which is very sensitive um moisturizers are a little too thick for that so they literally just sit on top of the eye doesn't do much work for you and then doesn't do much work for the bags so that is why you should buy the eye creams now eye creams are like the smallest product and they're like the most doggone expensive product um, a good eye cream can run you anywhere between fifty dollars to ninety dollars um, and so when you start getting into the really high-end eye creams, which I think are for more people who didn't start when they were in their 20s, those ones can cost you anywhere between 150 to 200 and it actually just fixes your under-eye bags. Um, and you have to keep using it. It's kind of like a temporary-type fix. But um, the reason why it's so expensive, though, is because of the lasering um, that is used. 
um, those of us who have already started our eye cream journey, it won't be nearly as bad once we get into those age, our, young, our older ages. And it'll also provide the nutrients and vitamins to keep that skin tough and firm opposed to saggy. When you have already have saggy under eye bags, it's kind of late to the party. You need to think about other things like fillers or um, we'll speak with a dermatologist or whoever you go to for your fillers about your other options for your under eye. But um, it is true that some people are just born with uh, bags underneath their eyes and those two can be fixed. You can get that fixed as well. Um, not Probably not with any of our creams. I haven't yet to see a cream that just solidifies and fixes under eye bags, but there are um, other options that you can get that done if you are self-conscious about those type of things. All right, so actually where I start to see the girls go crazy is when they start applying these four to five serums all layered on top of each other. This is just not necessary. And as an esthetician, I will not do this and any of your estheticians will not do this. It's just, again, unnecessary. If you want to, for example, address both dark spots and hydration levels, you can apply your brightening serum to the areas that have dark spots, apply your hyaluronic acid to the rest of your face. Also, serums are one of those things where brands do not have to match. I want to repeat that too, because I know I told you guys that it is best to keep with the same skincare um, through, through and through because they all work together, but serums are a little bit different. You know, you can use other brands um, for serums. They're again, not all created equally. And when it, once you get to that step anyway, you know, we're playing out the big guns where we're expecting some performance uh, changes in our skin. And so you have to just go for what you know, whatever they're advertising, go for that. If that's what you want to combat. So I will say though, brands have very good corrective serums. All of them, a lot of them do. Um, but the cleanser and moisturizer is nothing to write home about. So whenever you're experiencing that, you're buying a whole line and you're seeing like, okay, that cleanser and moisture is nothing special, but I do like this particular serum, then, you know, go with it. You can go ahead and mix and match. Um, let any corrective serum dry. So any serum that you do, you need to let it dry, become tacky. Some of them are tacky. Um, some of them do dry, dry. That's normal. Um, you just want to make sure that it is dry to your skin before you move on to the next part, which is like moisturizer and eye cream. Reason being, these once it's dry, it's actually able to do what it's supposed to do and last on your face. You want to give your products a fighting chance on your face. If it's going to be able to, if it's saying that it's going to help lighten your dark spots, let it. Don't go in right after rubbing moisturizer all on your face, doing, you know, not knowing what, you know, what the moisturizer is going to be doing to the serum. I would say if you're doing a corrective serum, give it anywhere between five to 10 minutes of just letting it sit and chill. Um, you can fan it if you're just like, girl, I'm ready to go to bed, but you don't need to. Let it chill. Do that. While you're doing that, start cleaning up, start cleaning up the rest of your products, getting it ready. And then go in for the nighttime moisturizer and lip oil and things of that sort. I will say for nighttime moisturizer, one of the key points with with that, you want to go with a night cream moisturizer. And here's the reason why. When it's time to go to bed, 
You want something that's going to be heavy to your face. You want something that's going to last. Uh, depending on how you sleep, if you sleep directly under a fan, if you like to sleep with your face buried in your pillow, I hope not, but you know, we have that. If you like to sleep with one inside of your face on the pillow, if you don't have, if you have one of them thin, cheapy moisturizers, you could just forget it. But if you have a really nice, thick moisturizer that's going to sit on your face while you're doing your nighttime reading, doing your nighttime emails or whatever it is that you do, um, watching your favorite show, it's going to last. It's going to last a lot longer than the thin ones. And it's going to help your skin go ahead and recover and be ready for the next morning. Now, you'll notice that the nighttime routine is a little bit more longer and a little bit more intrusive than the daytime, the morning routine. And that's because you don't need to do too much in the morning. Um, really, in the morning, what you're doing is just cleansing off cleansing off your um, old moisturizer and serums, which, I mean, your serums will be dry and gone by the time you wake up in the morning. But your moisturizer might still be there, and you want to go ahead and go ahead and get that taken off and wash your face of all of the gunk and stuff on that's on your face from the night. And then just kind of start all over again for something that's more suitable for daytime. Of course, you have to get that serum off. Any remnants of it needs to be taken off. Your moisturizer, you don't want to put too much on top of for underneath your makeup. So you get that taken off as well. Um, yeah. And just start over fresh um, for your new level. And so that is my routine. And that is a very basic routine as well. Obviously, I don't mask every night. Um... But everything else I do, do every night. I serum every night. I don't do the exfoliating um, pads either every night. I typically do those in the morning um, just because I like to go in with my serums at night. And I don't like to use that. The pads that I use are like, they're abrasive. <laughs> they're, um, they're stripping, very stripping. And um, at night, I don't like that strippy feeling. I don't mind it in the daytime because I'm going to put on makeup anyway. But at night, I like my face to have its layers. Um, and it, it just feels better. <laughs> but you might feel it and decide uh, it's better for you at night. You also may um, try them and feel decide that it's better for you to do them day and night because you have extremely old skin. And that's the only thing that cuts through all the oil and gives your skin the opportunity to make its fresh oil without having so much buildup and having your face shiny all day and night. So you got to do what's best for you. Um, I would say that if you start to feel like your skin is just desert dry 24-7, that's when you start cutting back. So you might be one person who only needs to do exfoliation pads once um, a day. You might be someone who needs to only do it once every other day. You might be somebody who only needs to do it twice a week. So up to you. an esthetician do you have a skincare or beauty question well i have an answer in this segment i answer your questions live and give you my thoughts on the subject matter do note these are my opinions based off of my experiences and a second opinion from your local esthetician or dermatologist is a must So the question for this week is, as someone who has never been to a spa, what are some tips that I should know before going? I love this question, actually. So I love first-time spa goers, especially at Studio M. 
This is why, because I'm just so excited to give them that first class experience I received my first time at a spa. My first experience at a high-end spa was in Hawaii at the Koalina Resort. I actually used to live in Hawaii, and so my dad's company, my dad's in the army, they were having some type of like training day where all of the um, leadership went to this particular hotel for the whole weekend, and they could bring their families, and while they were training, we got to enjoy the resort. And... Um, my life is compromised of events like this. Like, this is a five-star resort, like, beautiful. The only five-star, actually, up until recent, I went to a five-star resort for my birthday. But prior to that, this was, like, the first five-star resort that I've ever been to. My people did not grow up with money. We were very much broke. So the fact that we were able to go there and have such a great time um, is just truly a blessing and just a testament to me as a person and how God has worked in my life. You would never know that um, we were broke growing up by the way that I act. But, uh, yeah, we were. So <laughs> the fact that I had this experience is um, great at the hotel in general. But at this at the spa, baby, they just guided me without making me feel out of place. They made me feel like they were so elated to have me there. They were so elated that I was relaxing with them and spending my hard-earned money with them because this wasn't free. Um, and when I left, they made me feel like they wanted me to come back because this was somewhere that I belonged. They understood that I cared about my beauty and that I cared about my relaxation and that um, I was on a mission to do that. I was really there to relax that day, but you know, I had got like both a facial and a massage that day. So... Um, they just made me feel like so welcomed. And so when it comes to my spa, I do the same exact thing. Granted, my spa is nowhere on the level of Koalina <laughs> Resort. Like not even close, like not even remotely close. But um, that service that I felt and the way that I left feeling that day, that is the feeling that I give to my clients all the time. Like I believe in it. Even when I was the manager at Massage Envy, I was the same exact way. Like we are thrilled to have them here because one, they don't have to come here. In Houston, I live in Houston. You can literally throw a quarter outside and hit an esthetician in the head. Like we're on every block, every Every place in Houston you can find one. There's not a street in Houston that does not have an esthetician on it. So the fact that you chose me, especially being I am not a high-end spa. There are high-end spas that they could have went to, um, but they're not going to have Mariah there. They're going to have um, an esthetician that's probably not black um, and probably just doing what is written in the protocols, which sometimes are just not the most ethical things to do to people's skin, but does bring in the dollars. And so when you come to me, my experience is always make you feel like you're at home, make you feel like you belong, give you your money's worth and more than your money's worth. So that when you go to these other places, you could be like, yeah, yeah, I was all right. But that Mariah at Studio M, that's who takes care of my skin. I'll go to y'all if I want a massage, but when it comes to getting my skin taken care of, Studio M is where I would go. And that's just exactly how I feel when it comes to the Colwyn Resort. Um, this is a luxury. This is not a necessity. 
Um, especially for a lot of us who are not ever on red carpets, like our lifestyles are just very plain, go to work, go home and have a vacation here and there. You don't have to be a top-notch glamour chick all day, every day. So when you do do this, you're expecting to have that moment in that moment because, again, this is not a necessity. You could spend your money on far better things, bills that you can pay down, credit cards that you can pay down, food that you can eat for your family, but you decide to spend that money with me. So I'm going to treat you as though I appreciate it. So that's kind of my idea for that. But let's get into some of those tips that we can start talking about for you to be aware of when you go to spas. So let's start with your welcoming. Do try to arrive 15 minutes early before your appointment. This is for good, this is for good reason. If it's your first time, try 20 minutes so that you're not rushing. They have to do a consultation with you where they ask you questions about your health history, um, your your allergens, your um, what your routine is like now. Um, and this is for both massage and facial. You always have to do a consultation first. After that, you'll need to get changed. Um, now, the changing part is a part of your um, treatment sometimes, depending on where you're going. If you're going somewhere that's kind of on like the lower budget in like Massage Envy, um, there is no like waiting. There is a waiting area, but not for you to be in a robe and sitting down and relaxing in. Um, you're really just going to be coming in for your appointment. You're going straight to your room. Higher end spas will have a waiting area that has like, sometimes they'll have massage chairs. Sometimes they'll have um, like a sauna that you can sit and relax in until it's time for you to get into, uh, get in, get in for your facial. Um, they'll have like a day room where you can have like wine or champagne or just water or nice teas with fruit that you could sit and relax and talk with your group in if you did come in on a group type thing. Um, they have floating tubs that are like filled with lots and lots and lots of salt and you can just lay in it and just float in it. Um, those can be a little bit uh, off-putting your first couple times of going to spas because they don't change the water out. Like you're literally in the same water as someone else who just floated <laughs> in the same water. Um, I know my first time seeing that they're like, yeah, once you get in, you'll float. And I was like, really? I, I was intrigued. Uh, this was at my old spa. And at the same time, I saw a pubic hair in it. And I'm just like, ew. Like, ugh. I mean, it's no different than the beach. And the salt is very cleansing and I'm sure it kills bacteria. But I was just like, yeah, I'm going to only have to come to this when I'm the first person to get it because it's just not worth it to me. <laughs> But yeah, so they have little things around spas. If you go to any of your high-end spas, they'll have different things for you to be able to enjoy while you're waiting for your facial to uh, or your uh, massage treatment to come up on the esthetician's board. And so once the esthetician comes in, um, if you're already undressed with your robe, they will still step out and let you get underneath the blanket naked. So um, I like to take off my bra. I will leave on my underwear because... You're not going to be touching anything down there, um, and I don't need to be just bare on your table. One of my friends don't wear underwear, so he'd be completely naked, and he's perfectly fine with that. Um, if you don't feel comfortable being in, like, your thong underneath the blanket, you can just put on, like, some nice spandex shorts or just, like, like light, tight gym shorts to just cover that whole area up for yourself. Whatever makes you comfortable. I feel like, personally, underneath the... Um, 
blanket that's your business girl no one's gonna know what you have on you can be completely naked you can have on underwear no one's gonna care you can have on your granny panties like do your thing they're not gonna see it any good massage therapist isn't gonna see it um they also do this thing where they pull up your uh the the blanket all the way up to like where your one of your butt cheeks are exposed and tuck it in your underwear or just kind of like tuck it underneath your body to get like that upper hip motion um that could be a little bit nerve-wracking sometimes if you're just really conscious about people seeing you naked um and so a lot of times they'll ask you before what are some of your no-go spots and even if they don't ask you you could just you know now you know you can let them know ahead of time like hey um don't do that (laughs) don't do don't do that area and they will listen to you i promise you that because nobody wants to get their license taken away and they definitely don't want to offend you because they're going to want you to come back so that's one of the things that uh you can just kind of let them know there's some no areas that you're part of now facials you're probably like well you need to get facial you need to get topless for the facial and i provide a wrap top a wrap um cover for people who don't we're just conscious, you know, self-conscious about those kind of things. Me personally, I'm not. You can just give me the sheet. It's going to be the same exact thing. I'm going to step out. You're going to get underneath the of the sheet, um, get undressed, and you'll be able to get your um, get comfortable to your level of nakedness. Now, I'm not doing anything to your legs. So if you want to keep your pants on, do your thing, girl. Again, that's your business. I do do a hand massage, a hand scrub and a hand um moisturizer um some people do hand mitts that they're warm but in texas it's kind of hard to do that unless it's just like a super cold rainy day people get really hot with them hand mitts on they won't take them off like halfway through so um but they put like um plastic over your hand with a nice moisturizing hand mask and then put the mitts on top of that and it feels so good oh my gosh and then you take it off and your hands are nice and soft and pretty um and just look moisturized you just look like a moisturized goddess leaving there so um those are another one of those things that you can do but outside of that you can just go ahead and take off your shirt take off your bra and be ready we do i do do a facial massage as well as a decollete and shoulder massage and so that's why we need you guys um to have your shirts taken off And um, if you have a really nice esthetician, they'll take everything down to your decollete. Um, Where I was went to school, that was that was a must. Um, At least cleanse it and moisturize it. Now, when it comes to the serums, you're kind of on your own. (laughs) That's not our job. Um, But I will do a pass of micro abrasion with the diamond tip over the decollete as well, if you need it. Um, It even if you don't need it, I probably won't do three passes, but I definitely do one to two. Um, so that's one of the things to look at. So that's part of the treatment experience. Most places are going to give you a customized facial, but um, other places that are just kind of like you're in and out, you just kind of pick what you want. Um, a lot of times the esthetician is going to give you an idea of what they think you need. And if you feel like, you know, you have the funds for it that day, then great. If not, it's no problem to tell them, let's try maybe do that next time. This time, just really kind of coming in for a skin revitalizing facial, which is just like your bread and butter um, facial that you can get. It's going to help take care of all of the excessive dead skin, and it's going to help with um, adding in all of the nutrients, moisturizers, and extractions uh, that you're going to need for your face. And so 
yeah, that's that's nothing wrong with that. If you're just a skin revitalizing girl who comes in for that uh, simple facial every month, no one's going to look at you crazy. That's normal. Um, also, microdermabrasion treatment. That is one of my bread and butter treatments. Now, at my studio, that's my favorite treatment to give my clients, especially my clients that are of melanated descent. I mean, we're all melanated, but my black girls. That's the one I like to give them because... Um, I have the, I have a thing where a lot of them come in and say, I have very sensitive skin. Nine times out of 10, you don't have sensitive skin. Um, but that one, that 10% who does have it, <laughs> I like to err on the side of caution and I go with that microdermabrasion treatment. The way I do my microdermabrasion treatment, every, it's good for anyone's skin. It's not going to burn you. It's not going to cause you any discomfort. And it gives me an opportunity to look at your skin and see what it is that you really need to work on. And it gives, and it's a beautiful outcome. So that's one of those facials. When you walk out, everyone knows you had a facial. It's no denying it. No one's going to be like, what did you get done? Like, like other, like the skin revitalizing. Sometimes that can be like, oh, what did you get done? I don't see really any difference in your face. Microdermabrasion, baby. It's that girl. It's top two. It's not two. Everyone's going to know that you had a facial when you leave there, especially the way I do my extractions. Your face looks 10 times better than when you walked in and it doesn't take all that. Um, that treatment can be a little bit pricey. It's not the most pricey, uh, priciest treatment at Studio M because, um, you know, this is my passion work and it can't be passion work if you're not giving back. It just can't be. It can't be passion work if you're not um, coming in at a loss, you know. Um, I personally just feel like I know that this treatment is good for people, my people, and so I'm going to make sure they're able to afford it because I want them to have it and I want them to I want them to have that confidence in skincare because I've noticed that my people, not all of them, but some treat skincare as a I want I don't want to say like get quick get rich quick scheme, but they pretty much want the results in one treatment. They're not going to give you three months to re to redo their skin. They're going to give you one time at tops two. And after that, it's like, I can do this at home. Like my skin is looks hella dry, but it is shiny when I put Vaseline on it. Therefore, I have good skin. I don't have any breakouts, so I have good skin. And that just couldn't be further from the truth. So Whenever I show them that my dermabrasion treatment and they realize, like, actually, I could not do this at home. Like, my skin looks really, really good and it's holding my product. It's hold, It's finally holding moisturizer. I'm not putting on moisturizer. And three hours later, my skin looks dry like I didn't do anything to it. When they start seeing those results, I have a client for life. And they trust me. And they come back, baby. They do. And that's what we want. And so um, when it comes to the end... Depending on where you are, it should go this way. I'm going to do three different scenarios. Let's get the massage out the way first. Once your massage is over, typically what they do is step out of the room again. Um, they'll go ahead. This is the time to discuss any knots that they've seen that was just super crazy. Um, and that they think that they, if there's any like things that they should uh, sell you to help with that. Some of those things could be like... Um, Bengay, which they don't use Bengay anymore. Now it's called BioFreeze. BioFreeze is like the new Bengay. 
Um, but they'll give you items like that. They have any kind of solution that you'd like. If you want it in a stick form, they have that. If you want it in a cream form, a gel form, they have all those. Sometimes they'll try to sell you with some um, massage um, devices that you can use to help combat some areas. Massages is another one of those things that people try to use for like a one-time fix thing. And I'm going to tell you a 60-minute massage is not going to change any trajectory that you're having issues with. Um, I, When I was getting massages regularly, everything about me was better. I could stand longer. I could sit longer. My sleep was better. Um, my body felt better. Working out was easier. I was more flexible because my muscles were getting that, were getting like annihilated in on in there. Um, I work at a desk a lot all day. And so when they do my back, it's crazy. Like the toxins that are built up in my back cause me to have all these muscle aches and spasms. When they start ripping through it, it hurts. You know, it all of it hurts. You, It's very rare to go in and get a massage, even with a light massage, and not feel it the next day like you've worked out. Um, and that's because they've been working those knots. And so... Listen to that after skin, after massage um, comments that they have. Listen to those. Um, even if they are selling you stuff, listen to that. This is all about health. Massage is a health, a part of the health industry. There is very little things that you can do for your body with that a massage cannot increase the uh, eff efficacy 10 times fold. Like there's not a lot, like massaging is necessary for um, overall health. And I don't even do massages at Studio M. So that'll tell you how I feel about that. But working at a massage there, a massage place and having the old ladies come in who can't even like bend their neck up or down because they're so frail from just gravity, the gravitational pull on earth. And they go and get their massage and I see them walking out and they're just like, yeah, I can lift my arm now. I can lift my head now. Like I feel so much better. This is not, it's not a gimmick, babe. This is real life. And the earlier that you can get in to get these weekly, monthly massages, the better. Um, estheticians, now we're a little bit different. We're actually going to wash your face first, do your double cleanse and steam. And then we're gonna do a skin analysis. During that skin analysis, we're looking at hydration levels. Be honest, don't lie. I can already tell if you've drank enough, if you've um, consumed enough water by looking at your skin. I can already tell if you've done any exfoliation by looking at your skin. Um, I don't care if you tried to exfoliate that day. I could still tell. Um, so just tell the truth. I'm not even asking you um, to ask you. I'm asking because to have a conversation so that you can understand what I want you to work on. I don't beat people up about their skin while I'm doing their um, analysis. I only ask questions and I only answer questions. Um, if you have an issue, this is the perfect time to bring it up. Um, I say this because sometimes you forget, like if you have a skincare issue, write it down in your notes pad on your iPhone or whatever and bring it so that you can tell me what you remember. A lot of the times um, people like to give me a rundown of what they've experienced during their period. Um, and they think that the period is like a sure sign that they're having a skincare issue. And once I'm like, once I hear that you were on your period during this time, I'm kind of like half listening to you because it's like, girl, it just sucks. Everything about your period sucks. I get it. It does show on our face. 
Um, and it does, it's there for a week or so and then it's gone. Um, sorry. There's nothing I can fix about that. I, and uh, if you do come in while you're on your period, I will still service you. But while you're on your period, just understand that our face is something that we can do. Our hormones, they got to go somewhere. I wish they'd pick somewhere, but usually they pick our face and our back and our decollete area um, where the hormones want to shout out and show out and show up and show out. So um, these are, but this is the perfect time to tell me, like, tell me what you're experiencing during that time. We can combat that. You know, there are ways to combat the appearance. If you know you're going to get a pimple, maybe we need to do a little bit of extra exfoliation that week before or the week of. And we need to, you need to use a thicker moisturizing cream the whole week. That way it's helping um, the, the appearance of your skin, even though the breakout is underneath the skin, it should still be less noticeable because you've done your forework to make your skin still look good and it'll look like a lump instead of a crater on your face, you know. Those are the things that we can do. Um, and so during that treatment is usually when I also tell my clients what I would suggest. Now, if you came in for microdermabrasion treatment and I tell you your skin actually looks really good, you were here two weeks ago, we did a microdermabrasion treatment, let's do a different exfoliating, exfoliating treatment, you can still say no. I mean, this is my opinion. If you were like, girl, no, I came in for a microderm, honey, and that's what I was expecting, that's what I'm looking for, I want to relax, and I want that full treatment, that is perfectly okay, right? Now, if you're telling me, if I'm telling you that I think you should get a microderm abrasion and you're saying I need a chemical peel, now that's where we're going to have a little bit of uh, fight fight back because I don't just do chemical pills on anybody. And everybody just doesn't need a chemical pill year-round. You can't get chemical pills in the summer anytime anyway. So if that's what you were planning, you know, then, then that might be an issue. But um, usually if it looks kind of out of the ordinary, you're asking for a treatment that I offer and it's I don't think it's necessary for you. I'm going to tell you we could switch to this. And usually I do a comparable treatment. I'm not going to tell you you need to get this $200 facial when you came in for a $90 facial. Like, I'm just not going to do that. So, um, yeah. Now, as far as add-ons go, this is also a good time to ask, like, do you think I need to do a lip mask or do you think I need to do an extra decollete mask for my decollete? I have an event coming up and I need it to be out. My whole back is going to be out for, you know, my bridesmaid dress. Is there anything that you can do? This is also a good time to start talking about those things. That way you can kind of have your plan for the future and you're a part of the deciding process. Nobody likes to be a part of the deciding process on the table. like Because it's just like you don't know how much it's going to cost. You don't know how much it's, what it's going to do. Am I going to be appealing? I'm, I'm planning on going out, being outside all weekend. What, you know, we don't want to be, um, we don't want to be on the table deciding these things. Like we need to kind of come in with an idea of what it is that we want to do. And so this is the perfect time to do that though. Also, this is the time that I usually suggest treatment at home treatment of what you're using. I like to ask you what kind of cleanser are you using? I like to tell you, well, maybe it's time for you to start switching up because I'm seeing a lot of texture here. Um, and your cleanser should be we should be assisting that um, it shouldn't be getting to this point, and that's when I usually do my reselling of of uh, retailing of skincare products. Now, that is the best time to do retailing to me if there are any estheticians asking out there because you're coinciding what you're wanting to sell to them 
with what they need. When you start trying to sell, once they done got out of their um, spa nap, like your their ears are just not open for that. Like really be quiet because I'm trying to go home and, and live in this relaxation mode as long as I can. Um, so no. So I usually like to sell when they're already on my table. And then sometimes I just be like, I don't think you need it this time, but maybe next time. Cause I know you bought it two weeks ago or whatever. Um, next time, you know, look into that, that might be good for you. Or sometimes I will just bring it to them. I will sell it to them while they're on the table and then be like, I'm going to leave it out for you to look at, um, while you're getting dressed and anything that you want, you can keep anything you don't just leave it there. I'll come and get it later. And that takes off the pressure. This is not a car dealership, okay? Everyone is not coming here to buy your products. I don't care if you have a retail budget. I don't care if you have a retail um, quota to meet. I don't even do retail quotas at Studio M. My clients know that. I don't play those kind of games. And I didn't do retail quotas when I was at Massage Envy and I was the manager. Um, I just feel like you don't have to sell to all of your clients. Now, if you think it will benefit them and you've done a, such a thorough um, skin analysis that you do know some products that will benefit them, great. If they tell you, which I do have clients to do that, that's like, I just want a facial. I don't want to do any retail. I don't want you to sell anything to me. I don't want any upgrades. I just want a facial. They only do that stuff at Studio M. I mean, at uh, Massage M. None of my clients have ever told me that at Studio M. I'm just going to be honest with you guys about that. But, you know, whenever you have the package that a lot of these, you know, um, places have, they will say things you have clients who will say things like that like i don't need any of that stuff all i need you to do is what my credits pay for and there's nothing wrong with saying that you're more than welcome to say that that's fine um and you just know not to sell them now um i still suggest the product but again i don't like i don't like to make anybody feel like they're pressured to buy anything from anywhere I'm going to tell you what I think you need. I'm going to leave it in here. You're welcome to look at the boxing to see if that's something that you want. If not, leave them all there, girl. I'll get them later and I'm on to my next client. Selling at the register is just tacky to me. Like, don't even waste my time, honey. You need to sell me in the back. I'm trying to check you out. Now the front desk is like, girl, hurry up. I'm trying. To, they're trying to check people out and check people in. Like, it's just too chaotic. Give those people a professional experience. Give your clients a professional experience. And the client appreciates that professional experience. Like, period. And, um, yeah, once they leave out, you know, you if you're feeling like, oh, my gosh, I didn't, I didn't resell them, you still have an opportunity of reselling, which is in the form of rebooking, right? You're about to rebook them for their next treatment. Everyone appreciates that, especially if you guys have already discussed a plan. That's normal. People are going to want to know what they need to come in for next, and you need to tell them. And that's both on the massage side as well as on the um, esthetician side, you know, facial side. Another thing to look forward to if you're a customer is that tip. Now, if you're at a high-end spa, they don't even give you, they don't even play those games with you. If you don't like to tip, you need to look at that uh, their tipping policy before you walk back there because 
any high-end spa or just nice spa in general, automatic grad, 20% if you're at a resort. Um, it's usually between like 18 to 20% if you're at um, just like a regular off, like not a resort, but like they're a standalone high-end spa, automatic um, tip, 18 to 20%. Um, what else? If you're at like a med spa, which they're kind of different, it's not really if it's like a doctor they can't give you a tip you can't tip them they're not allowed to take tips but if you're like a esthetician at a med spa i still think you can't do tips in general just to keep it clear so you might have to tip your esthetician behind closed doors um <laughs> when there because they will definitely still appreciate the tip it's just they can't have it because it's technically like a doctor's office but Massage Envy, though, you're on your own. You could tip whatever you want just based off of my experience. Now, these are um, individually owned franchises, like uh, individually owned spas. So some people are different. You may have, like, I'm sure the Massage Envy, if there's like a like Beverly Hills will probably have automatic grab. But um, your regular, regular neighborhood, you know, spas like that, like Massage Envy, Hand in Stone. Um, what are those other ones that are just like in and out spas? Um, those those ones, Massage Heights and stuff like that. Those ones you just uh, you don't have to you you don't have to have a specific tip. You can just tip what you feel is um, necessary, or don't tip at all. If you ain't like it at all, then just, you don't have to do anything. So um that is something to be that's kind of like a shocker though whenever you go to one of these nicer spas and they're like up oh, 20 percent gratuity they'll be like what about tip oh tip is already included you're good you know do you want to reschedule no okay have a great day um that's the reason why um and then yeah that's that's that after your treatment you can go back to get dressed up uh, you can either stay in the room and get dressed if there was a locker of course you don't have to leave immediately the usually the day rate allows you to stay all day you can stay at the spa and enjoy some of the amenities as much as you like um that they have around the spa they have massage chairs sometimes you can just go back there and get a facial and just use the massage chair as your massage um i don't do that often though but some places do have it at least one um and yeah, you, a lot of times these high-end spas will have like manicure, pedicure areas that you can book. That's an additional charge, but hey, you can kill three birds with one stone, get you a facial, get your nails and feet done. But a lot of times it's really only just, um, what is it called? Uh, manicure and pedicure. Very rarely do they do nail extensions, but sometimes you run to those places who can do a nail extension as well. Um, overseas, when I do spa treatments, because that's one of my favorite things I like to do when I'm on vacation. What I like about it is when you're on a vac in a vacation area, a lot of times their spas are high end, but the service is low end um, because it's just based off of what the people at the hotel are requesting. And so I remember I went to a spa in the Dominican Republic and they did a body wrap on me. And it was a chocolate body wrap. And oh, it smelled so good. Like literally rubbed chocolate all over my body and put me in this like aluminum foil looking tin body bag looking thing and uh, let me marinate and then showered me off, like walked me to the shower. Now that one, I would have to be completely naked. Um, and a lot of places like that in overseas, um, outside of the United States require you to be completely naked for different treatments because they don't really have the same... 
um, what's it called? They don't have that same, what is it, paranoia, I guess you could say, about being naked. Like, a lot of other places are just naked places. And long as it's women on women, like, they don't mind. And so that particular time, I did have to get completely naked and had to be walked to the shower. So not only was I naked, I was, like, literally linked arm in arm because there was chocolate everywhere all over my body. And I was just like, yeah, there was a better way for her to do this. She probably should have moved this bed by the shower so that it wasn't, like, a towel for that I had to walk across. So slippery with chocolate all over my body. Could have easily slipped and fell. Um, but she um, walked me over, took me to the shower. I showered all of it off and then... In, had my massage um and that was a really nice experience like that even to this day like i was really glad that i got that particular experience my second best experience with spa was on the on the boat on a cruise ship that i went on i went to the spa i had a facial there same thing it's like when you're on vacation it was a carnival cruise and it wasn't one of their higher end carnival cruises but this spa the facial treatment was a high-end facial treatment with an esthetician um, I think she said she was from somewhere in Europe, but it was a great esthetician and a great, just a great time in general. And I really, really, really enjoyed um, that facial and remember how great it was. The extraction she did was great, um, all that. And so everyone doesn't do extractions and that's why I'm kind of harping on that. That is a very important part of the facial. And so sometimes people charge you extra, like, ten dollars to twelve dollars extra if you want to add on extractions that is just and that's bad business for me i just feel like extractions should come with a facial they did they were not taught that in school that is literally just being um greedy because why would i come here for you to wash my face and not have you take out all of the sebum out of my face you want to just wash on top of my face and send me home with dead skin and sebum in my skin that don't make no sense like you have to understand a lot of these spas are not owned by estheticians. We don't, a lot of us don't make that much money to own a whole spa. We can own a suite. We can own a suite within a spa and we can work for someone who is a spa owner and you can get that lead director position or manager position where you're just kind of like in charge of you and the other estheticians and they trust your judgment. But ultimately they want to see the profit. They want to see that money coming in and um yeah so sometimes they'll charge you for crazy stuff like that um if you have a cool esthetician though and they want you to be happy with their, your looks and they want you to be able to come back they'll just do your they'll do it for free um without permission but that is those are some of the things to look out for um again it's such a fun relaxing experience everyone should experience it a few times in their life um, and ultimately, those of you guys who understand the investment in beauty, it is not hard to get someone to buy in once they've been there before. Um, those of us who have those forward-facing jobs, um, who rely on our looks, those of us in sales, in sales, you got to look good. People want to look like and be like the people who are selling to them. So remember that. You need to invest in your skincare. It's very important. And it just shows like you have your life put together. You're in shape. Your skin is nice. You're a nice person. You're not mean. It just, it puts you above a lot of other people um, when it comes to being able to present yourself in society. So 
yeah, those are some of those tips that you want to keep in mind and consider um, if you're treating anyone to a spa treatment or um, you yourself are treating yourself to a spa treatment, keep those things in mind. Um, be uh, be vigilant and going to these spas and enjoying yourself and not being surprised because there's nothing like ruining your whole experience, realizing that you need to pay an extra $20 when you were um, only planning on paying 100 and then you didn't even like the facial, the you know, the, the treatment that much. You know, it's better to know those things ahead of time because I've been on the I've been on the receiving end of clients who've experienced that, especially when I was my time at you know when I was working as a manager at the franchise spas, and it is very annoying, like for everybody involved. The clients living with a sour taste in their mouth. You're waiting on that bad review, like yeah, just do a little bit of research. Look at those treatment plans and be firm about what it is that you're wanting and don't let anyone sway you from what you want enjoy get your get what you want enjoy it and head on out book for your next time and that is a wrap loves we are finished for today this is episode two and yeah we have completed it i hope you guys enjoyed it i hope you all learned some new information about your skincare routine about the spa um, experience in general Um, as i mentioned before i just my goal with this podcast is to give people of color mainly my people black people that type of information that is going to make them feel like they have some skin in the skincare industry literally i want them to feel like they are entitled to beauty we are entitled to be here and we are entitled to be catered to we are not here um as newbies in this industry we know what our skin needs we know what our skin wants we are accustomed to the traditions of the spa industry and we're even willing to make some of our own um as we go and i just want us to continue to uplift one another in this beauty industry um your local esthetician your local um dermatologist all of us all of us who do things to make sure that african-american women look their best and have that confidence to enter this world as a beautiful individual um that is the goal that is my goal for this podcast um i don't want us to feel as though we are in unfamiliar territory whenever we step in spas whenever we step in the beauty owl in any um any store i don't want us to be continue to be victims of gimmick gimmicky skincare all of our skincare is coming from someone's kitchen who never took a you know skincare class a day in their life that is not what our industry that is not what our skin deserves we deserve professional products we deserve products that work for our skin and we deserve to be treated like we belong when we go and support these higher end spas and um beauty professionals and so i hope that this podcast gave you a little bit more confidence and as the more episodes come i hope you gain even more confidence i hope you're able to go in and just feel like you're a part and be ready to have your skin catered to um, by both women of color and our other you know races and ethnicities of people who do skincare because i'm not going to sit here and say that you know um black people are the best at skincare we are not the originators um 
of the aesthetic world, the older, more knowledgeable people of both both types of skin, as limited as it may be, um, aren't necessarily black. A lot of the mentors that I have aren't black, but I do have a lot of black mentors now. And so um, as I first learned, again, my favorite teacher that I had while I was in um, esthetician school was an elderly uh, Caucasian lady, and she knew her stuff, and I respect her for that. Um, but, you know, again, none of that information was catered to my skin color and my kind of people. So it's my job to open up that vessel and have that poured into us and it's going to work. I can tell it's going to work because I have friends who have started their skincare journeys after I became an esthetician, not so much with me because they don't all live here, but they're more confident in their skin. They know what serums they like. They know what is necessary for daytime and night. They won't bat an eye if you tell them they need to wear sunscreen. They've, they've worn it and they make sure their foundation and their uh, regular skincare routine has SPF in it. And that's what we need. That's what we need to stick with. And that's what we're gonna continue to do. So. You guys continue to tune in, continue to laugh, share my podcast with people. And yeah, hope you guys have a wonderful week and I'll see you guys next week.